Welcome to the On The Air podcast, a companion to On The Air magazine, a new bi-monthly magazine from ARRL for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. Filling in for Becky Schoenfeld, W1BXY, I'm Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Every month, the On The Air podcast extends material found in On The Air magazine to help you learn about the many things the ham radio service and hobby has to offer. The On The Air podcast is sponsored by ICOM for the love of ham radio. Welcome to the November 2020 episode. This month, we'll take a closer look at material from the November-December 2020 issue, particularly our article about choosing the best antenna for the job. If you're a newer ham who's wondering how to choose from all the antennas out there, we're going to help you get familiar with the options and considerations. There are so many antenna designs. Dipole, doublet, long wire, end-fed, off-center-fed dipole, zep, Extended Zep, Bazooka, Lazy H, Bobtail Curtain, Vertical, Top Loaded, Base Loaded, Shunt Fed, Yagi, and more, many more. With so many designs and configurations, how do you know which one's best? Answering that question isn't simple. It requires information about your station, your location, and the type of ham activity you plan to undertake. If you take a look at the article, The Best Antenna for the Job, in the November-December issue of On the Air, you'll see that we've laid out suggestions according to the type of ham activity you might be interested in. VHF, UHF mobile, VHF, UHF from home, casual HF from home, and competitive HF from home. Beyond those suggestions, however, there are other considerations, such as safety, cost, and the size of your property. Depending on where you live, you may also need to consider aesthetics, homeowner association rules, and even local zoning ordinances. You don't want to go through the work of putting up an antenna, only to discover that you have to take it down again because it somehow violates a local rule. Passive or active radiation is another thing to consider. Yes, antennas can be active or passive. The active part of an antenna is the part that connects directly to your radio. Think of it as the filament in an incandescent light bulb. When you apply power to it, the filament glows. Believe it or not, antennas glow as well, but our eyes can't perceive the radiant energy at those frequencies. Imagine what the world would look like if we could see radio energy. A high-powered FM broadcast antenna on top of a tall tower would be dazzlingly bright. The passive part of the antenna is the one that isn't connected directly to your radio. The passive part picks up some of the radiated energy and re-radiates it to create a pattern of energy in a particular direction. The famous Yagi antenna works in exactly this way. The metal tubes or wires placed in front of the active part, what we call the radiating element, receives and re-radiates the energy forward in the direction the antenna is pointing. These elements are called directors because they help direct the energy forward. Behind the radiating element is another tube or wire that passively picks up the energy and re-radiates it forward. It's called the reflector. Another example of a passive antenna component that you probably see every day is a satellite TV dish. 
That round dish-shaped piece is a passive reflector, and it focuses the energy from the satellite to a point out in front where the active part of the antenna resides. Sometimes passive radiation can be unintentional, and that's when it can cause interference to other electronic devices and even disrupt the function of your antenna. Keep this in mind when selecting a location for your antenna. Things like metal rain gutters, aluminum siding, or fencing could be problematic because they might act as passive antennas and cause serious distortion of your antenna's pattern. If they're close enough to your antenna, they can also change its impedance and cause the standing wave ratio to increase at your operating frequency. Your radio will respond by reducing its output power, which is not a good thing when you're trying to communicate. Many other things concerning your antenna need to be considered when you're planning your station, such as the antenna's location on the property, property lines, obstacles, power lines, and how the feed line will enter your house. You'll also hear hams talk about half-wave, quarter-wave, and full-wave antennas. Why is that? Well, we refer to our ham bands in wavelengths, 20 meters, 80 meters, and so on. The wavelengths of the ham bands tend to be multiples of one another. For instance, a full wavelength at 20 meters is about 66 feet, but a full wavelength at 40 meters is twice that value, or about 122 feet. This is called harmonic relation, and it permits us to design and construct antennas that can easily be adapted for use on more than one band. Half-wave antennas are physically one-half the wavelength of the band on which they resonate. As I just mentioned, a full-wavelength antenna for the 20-meter band would be about 66 feet long. So, a half-wave antenna is approximately half that, or 33 feet in length. Half-wave antennas are the simplest to build and provide all the good electrical characteristics to make them efficient at radiating the signals from our stations. There are other times, however, when it might be appropriate to design antennas for other wavelengths, such as when we're trying to make an antenna behave in a particular way. For example, it's common to see a 5-8 wavelength antenna used for VHF mobile applications, where the goal there is to create a pattern that offers better communication range. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which took a deeper dive into material from the November-December 2020 issue of On the Air magazine. We'll be back in December with information about Skywarn, what it does, how to get involved, and what to expect from the Skywarn Storm Spotter class described in the November-December issue. In the meantime, feel free to send comments about On the Air to ota at arrl.org. Also read our blog at arrl.org forward slash OTA hyphen blog or learn more about ARRL membership at arrl.org. Until next time, I'm Steve Ford, WB8IMY, 73.